Welcome, dreamers, to Katie Keencast, a podcast about the CW's Katie Keen. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, just dreaming in different segmented dreams. <laughs> and I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about Chapter 9, Wishing and Hoping and Dreaming and Dutta. And I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> But this is the rhythm. Oh, this is a very exciting episode of the show because it is the show's first vignette episode. This is something that Riverdale has tackled over the past couple of seasons in different aspects. Uh, But this is the first time Katie Keene is doing it. And it's very specifically three different stories that interlink a little bit. But not much. Mostly Pepper is the interlinker here. They get get peppered throughout. Yeah. Oh! Uh, Love it. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Sing on. Uh, (laughs) But we get three stories. We get a story of Katie. We get a story of Jorge. And we get a story of Josie. And as mentioned, Pepper is going throughout. Now, a couple of things you're probably going to want to. Oh, Pete, you have a question right up top. What's going on? I wanted to say I really like the old timey black and white kind of like font, you know, that uh, kind of brings you back to the Mm -hmm. old like. uh, Silent movies, you know, when they would put up those little cue cards for the uh, talking points. You know, it's yep. well, and you it's remember you used to go see movies back then. That was your first time at the picture oh, yeah. show. Yeah, you called yeah, them the exactly. flickers, right? Back in your day, <laughs> you get yourself a cup of hot nuts. Go on down yeah. there, a little bit of a martini, maybe going licorice, on if you for the adults. Licorice whip, Doctor Phantasmo's brain tonic. Sit down and watch a flicker <laughs> with a lovely font. Yeah. Did you hear yeah. about the fonts yeah. that they used? <laughs> Back in the day, it was just fonts in the movies, and that was it. Let's go there. Typewriters were the original <laughs> film projectors. You know what they say? If you had a million monkeys directing a film, well, that's a heck of a film. <laughs> uh, pa, can I have two bits to go see the picture show? No. There Whap. we go. Uh, well, anyway, that's our uh, fully artist part of the podcast. Uh, to give you guys a little bit of a recap of what's gone on so far with Katie, she is working at Lacey's department store. She has approximately 36 jobs, I want to say. Uh, one of them yes. is that she is going to be an apprentice for a designer named Guy LaMontagna, a.k.a. Lucifer himself, who is yep. uh, taking over the eighth floor. I don't know why this is sticking you with me. seem to be hung up on the eight. It is the eighth floor, eighth and floor, he's turning yeah. into his atelier. Yes. But you can tell that he's the devil because of like the way time works on the eighth floor. And he's just kind of like this uh, roaming thing that kind of circles around people. Yes, but he is a famous designer. That's called a boss. That's called a boss. I know it's been a while since you've been around at work, but that's called a boss. No, it seems like every, you know, like it was just like a revolution of like he would go yell at people all over the floor and then come back to Katie. It was uh, it was pretty intense. Again, I'm going to agree it's with Justin on, on this. This is a this is a boss. Uh, we'll get to the specific recaps for what happened in the episode part, but that's the main thing you need to know about Katie. She also has a rival named Amanda, who is very funny. Uh, she also has a former boss named Gloria, who worked with her. She and she was working way up to being a personal shopper, uh, and Gloria is kind of like kind of a mentor, kind of an enemy. Lots of stuff going on with Gloria. There's yeah. other things going sort on of with a fairy Katie. godmother a little bit like a mean fairy that's what I, 
I felt in this episode that she stepped in when Francois has been sort of sidelined um, a little bit, and it feels like Gloria yeah. is taking that role a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, she's definitely the mother figure because Katie's mom died a very long time ago. That's mostly what's going on with Katie. Uh, romantically, there's some other stuff going on, but doesn't really play into this episode too much other than she did, as mentioned earlier, have a little bit of a flirtation with Guy. Moving over to Josie, lots of stuff going on with Josie. She has hooked up and hooked up with a guy named Alex Cabot, who is her boyfriend <laughs> slash manager. He is working on making her a big music star in New York. And part of that is bringing back the Pussycats, Josie and the Pussycats. He wants to bring the band back that she had in high school. We'll get into specifics for that in a moment. Pete, did you want to talk about the stuff that happened in the episode? Is that what's going on? Well, well, I just wanted to say that, like, emphasis on the boy and boyfriend, because he got told. <laughs> wow. Wow. Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what, is, what is going on, Pete? <laughs> Wow, Pete with the clapbacks over here. I'm trying a new beer today, so I'm a little, I'm a little crazy. What's the beer, and why is it making you crazy? Uh, it's a, it's a porter. It's kind of like a giant beer, and oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, they've there's this place called Dock Street that's like a uh, microbrewery here. Hey, I, that's uh, a bo- <laughs> that's a bottle of Jägermeister you're drinking. Right. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> right. And you've mixed it somehow with a bottle of Fireball, I think. <laughs> Yeah, Pretty gross. Of course I did. So Josie's been working with Alex. He wants to bring back the Pussycats. Uh, however, the record company is actually owned by Alex Cabot's father, whose name is Mr. Cabot. And yes. he <laughs> is uh, not... Uh, he's kind he's an of... an old-timey douchebag. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Um, so that's the main things you need to know there uh, going on with Josie. Also, she works at a place called Chubby's, which is a record store downtown. They have a recording studio underneath that that's not really important too much other than for setting what? because we had a couple of uh, things there but i also think if josie suddenly gets into roller coasters they're going to find an amusement park down there oh probably oh boy wait chubby's is that a mu- yeah. amusement park no i'm saying at, chubby's provides everything that josie wants always she was like he was <laughs> oh, like oh you want to be a recording star I have a dusty old music studio down here. Yeah. Right. You want to open up a Six Flags? Got one of those as well. Oh, you need a dinosaur? Well, I have a Jurassic Park right out back. <laughs> <laughs> Where nothing could possibly go wrong. Uh, all right. And then the, the last person you need to know about is Jorge. Jorge is a aspiring drag queen named Ginger Lopez who performs at a place called Molly's Crisis, which is a bar based on a real place called Marie's Crisis. Marie's Crisis, I think. Yep, I don't know why I'm doubting these things right now. Uh, and Jorge has been dating a very hot fireman named Bernardo. Yeah. So Jorge is, of course, a Bernie bro. However... Mm. He is also previously dating a stockbroker named Buzz. Buzz. And recently. Not Buzz Lightyear. No, uh, but very close because he did go to Infinity and Beyond with him. And uh, (laughs) now Buzz is back in his life. And it seems like things might be heating up. There might be a little jealousy going on there. Oh, let me ask you, Alex. Do you think Bernie's going to drop out of the race? (laughs) I don't know. This episode did turn out very similarly for Bernie and the other guy with the B name. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bernie's Bernie, Buzz is Biden, and they are getting together. Did you watch that live stream? Jorge's the electorate. 
In you watched case. that live stream where Bernie and Biden uh, fucked, right? Yeah, no, it was beautiful. Truly was, beautiful. Sorry, made love. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I think they you both guys. refer to it as fucking over and over again. Right. The other thing that you need to know, because it is a through line here, as we mentioned, is that Pepper Smith is their other friend. She is a con artist. Lots of stuff going on with her, but mainly she is working on being a producer. She's working on starting up a multi-art space called the Pepper Plant. But at the same time, her past keeps coming back to haunt her. Uh, she also is dating a filmmaker at Tish named... Raj and a former, I don't know, bellhop, something like that. Concierge. Concierge, sure. Named Dee Dee. And as we find out this episode, they all seem to be fine with it. And it's all good. Pete, you have another question there. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just wanted to jump in and say that uh, she's also trying to turn over a new leaf and be a better person and not con anymore. She's trying to go legit. Yes, exactly. It's a classic dirty, rotten scoundrel scenario. (laughs) So uh, why is there a cork on the fork? Uh, there we go. <laughs> nice. Good. Pete, at the ready with the porter. I love it. Let's jump into it. And this is a pretty easy one to break down because we really do have these three tales and then the pepper stuff going throughout. Why don't we actually talk about the pepper stuff first? Because that's pretty straightforward. She's yep. mostly it's like everybody I advice. eat all my meals. Pepper yeah. first. I eat a, sp- <laughs> a spoonful of dusty pepper and then get into my <laughs> eggs and bacon. Oh, that's well, gross, so you have man. the spice. You get uh, the spice wouldn't... in your mouth that way. Why would we go in the order of the show? It's all title carded out and divided nicely for us. I just feel I don't like know. we're going to forget. I didn't love the font, so. <laughs> oh, how dare you, sir? You want to go in order? I just felt like we're going to forget about Pepper later is the only thing. But we, okay. we can talk all about right. Katie. Let's talk about Katie and Katie's no, hellacious no, 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 experience. No, 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 you're no, right. we, sh- we don't no, want No, no, no. Pete, come on. <laughs> Let's okay. do this. Katie first. Wow. Here we go. Ah. All right, hey. so. So let's get into it. Do you want me to walk through it? Yeah, I'd love uh, you to. Oh, uh, great. I'd love I, you, I too. love you. I mean, I'd love you, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Wait, who's Jedi married wow. here? Oh, my this God. Is a real, this is a real Bernie, situ- Bernie Jorge's buzz situation. <laughs> this, that's what this podcast... That's how we actually met. That's how this podcast started. It's true. We had one wild night at a bar that we were like, you know what? We should start a podcast. And I think, not to jump too far ahead, I think that's what Jorge is thinking at the end of the episode. He's trying to start a podcast. (laughs) He looks over and he's like, it's a podcast. You guys like comic books? What are you thinking? Um, All 90% of podcasts start after a hookup. Let's get into it. Um, uh, We start with Katie. We start with Amanda, who is having some fun, being her spicy self. Um, She spoils the fact that Gloria's having a special toast to Katie because she's starting her... Oh, that was so funny. It's cute. She's starting her unpaid internship in Guy's Atelier on the eighth floor, continuing to work on the other four jobs that she has Mm -hmm. in this one building. Were you surprised at all that Gloria was having a toast for Katie? Because that... That seemed very unnecessary because it was like, here, toast, but of course you're still working for me. Yeah, of course. Okay, well, what are we doing here then? Right. Well, and also she's just going upstairs. Also, Gloria being totally supportive of her. What do you think Gloria's goal was with that? Well, I think that, um, I I mean, I don't know. There's some information to be revealed, but um, it makes me think that 
Gloria um, sees a lot in Katie. She was sort of the villain at the top, but it feels like Katie's antics have found her success, and she's feeling good about her. And I think Katie bringing up her mom to Gloria, I think there's some history there that we're going to learn. There's this line that Katie says, you can't vanish before you even appear. And that feels like a theme for her in this episode a little bit, but I bet that's what happened to Katie's mom. And I think Gloria is going to reveal that eventually. So she's trying to help out Katie perhaps as... uh, Recompense. I have a feeling Gloria right. was um, the Amanda to Katie's mom. Ooh, mm. I feel like uh, it's actually Amanda's all Amanda's doing. Like Amanda probably suggested the toast so that everybody else would know that like she's moving on, even though she technically isn't. So she's trying to let everybody know that like technically Katie Keene's out of the picture as far as this kind of like one division is concerned. But that's just my thoughts. Or maybe it was just an excuse to have champagne in the middle of the day, you know? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Quarantine at my house, we have a lot of toasts for no reason. (laughs) Just randomly. And you have young kids, so that's pretty good. Lots of naps. They're very handy at opening a a bottle of champagne. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things you taught them, right? Yeah, the, we do the thing where they just run a sword along the side of the bottle and open it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, saber. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. They know how to uh, uh, decanter wine as well, right? That's what you're talking about. Uh, that's right. We, um, before we t- teach my children to speak or be potty trained, we want them to be able to tell the difference between a Oregon Pinot and a um, French uh, Bourgogne. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't right think there. I'm potty trained yet. <laughs> True. Uh, now's the time. We're going to walk you through it. Great. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. Just, Alex, when you feel a tingle, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. Okay. Um, great. Glad we uh, covered that. Um, so the toast happens. Katie goes on her way. She goes into the atelier where trouble is brewing right out of the gate. Um, he, uh, guy is unhappy. He's, um, the fun guy that Katie helped along the way is uh, vanished a bit. Creepy lighting, by the way. Yes. Well, well, the whole thing actually was surprising to me. And I think set the tone of the episode in a very specific way where you do have, we've seen guy, he's very much like Prince Errol Swoon. He's very much like uh, K.O. Kelly, all of these guys who are romancing Katie, where he's been enigmatic, but charming and interesting and supportive of her. And now we see him is, it is very fairy tale like particularly in the Katie section uh, with yes. everything that's going on. Uh, she does go to, it's funny watching uh, Luke Cook do this because it is very like hell with people, these drones wandering around, sewing everything in these white outfits. And in the middle of it, Katie walks in at a regular heart outfit. Uh, and I, I like this. It took me a second to adjust to it, but I really enjoyed the tone of this section quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I this just, is the most fairy tale of uh, of the things we've seen, I think, especially because it was broken up the way it was and Katie's stuff was standalone. Um, so, yeah, it took me a minute, too. But then I was like, oh, I get it now. And it, I really liked it as well. Yeah, I felt like they were literally looking right at the camera and pitching to Disney Plus with all the princess references and all the Cinderella stuff. 
Uh, but I also felt like this was a real tell that guy is uh, still Satan from uh, Sabrina mm-hmm. because of the creepy lighting, the fact that he just kind of floats around things and time doesn't seem to exist on this floor or anything. It's kind of, uh, it's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if Sabrina shows up. I'm going to say no, but, you know, maybe yes. Maybe also yes. yes. Strong yes. Um, he, uh, Guy doesn't like uh, her clothes. She makes her go home and change, which I thought was uh, weird. Um, and Katie gets to hang with Pepper, who's having some social media problems. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like and, the, that, uh, just to interrupt here, I like the tweeting sound effect. That was fun uh, to hear the little bird come in every once in a while. That was cute. Oh, yeah. uh, what was the, the, there was a hashtag that was being, that was trending, Passe the Pepper, which I yes. thought was pretty good. Very. Yeah, Alex, what was it? What was it like seeing yourself on camera? <laughs> Wait, wow. what do you mean? Well, you know, it's like when, when we hang out and we try to talk to you and you're like, oh, that's Twitter thing. And it's like, okay, I'll just wait. You know, and then like, is this a slab or is this, are you just describing me? I can't quite I tell think it. it's a compliment. I think he oh, loves your right. social media. He loves your social footprint. Oh, okay. Yep. You appreciate the fact that when we're uh, together in person, I ignore you and pay attention to Twitter instead is what I'm yep. getting. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Hashtag <laughs> you're welcome. There it is. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Moana at The Rock. <laughs> Interesting choice He'll respond He responds to yeah. everything Yeah, that's how you do so, it, right? Just verbal tweets Yeah He's going to pop into this feed right now yeah. uh, So um, Pepper gives her some advice Like, hey, Katie, you need to um, This isn't the Katie Keen I know Have some confidence So she goes yeah. back in there And she tries to fix things, fix things for Guy He gets mad he, That's not what he but wants But wait, wait I just wanted to, like Because, like uh, Pepper was pretty, you know, it was some hot takes. She was just like, she literally was like, get it to fucking gather, get a grip. You know, like I, I was just a surprise at how like, um, uh, you know, she wasn't being sympathetic at all being like, Oh, you know, first day trying to get to the hang of things. It's tough. She's just like, who are you? And what have you done with my best friend? And, uh, you know, I guess, all right, tough love. Definitely Peppa's dishing it out. But I was just wondering if that felt weird to you guys at all or kind of like par for the course. No, it, it didn't feel weird to me. The thing that I was trying to figure out the entire section is what does Katie actually have to do? Because yeah. it, it, which is obviously the point of everything that's going on, but I'm watching that and I'm thinking like, she came in ready to work, Was had this relationship with Guy, then Guy is acting entirely different at this point in the episode. And then I was very happy to see her be the go-getter, can-fix-anything Katie, because I feel like we haven't, in this specific way, really seen that since the pilot. Like, I felt like that's how Katie was set up in the pilot. Like, she can fix anything, and then immediately so many things have been thrown in her way that she hasn't been able to do that. So seeing that come back was very refreshing. And then for me, and I think they're very effectively put you in Katie's place, when Guy is like, no, I don't want any of these things. Sew this thing. You're doing the sewing wrong. This overstitch is wrong. That was alarming to me in exactly the same way that it was alarming to Katie, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great point. They put a, did a good job of putting us in her shoes, and because we've watched her for so long, we're like right there with her and think she's going to fix it immediately, and she keeps messing up. Yeah, I did like the fact that she got called a control freak. Um, I thought that was like uh, definitely a kind of interesting thing to be point out to the main character, who very much is a control freak. So I thought that was kind of. She took that wall, uh, you know, so I thought that was kind of an interesting kind of thing that was just kind of thrown out there. Like, you guys are similar, which I'm like, oh, don't start. I do not want to see her and Guy together. So I'm hoping that. I uh, mean, it's it's happening. Guidey. Hashtag Guidey. 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 I'll tell you what. Can I say one thing about the show? What about Katie? Let me just say Katie. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. Why? How, how does that work? Uh, here, here's a pro- here's a slate problem with the show. None of the hashtags are any good. Like they oh. they keep <laughs> the classic keep... internet <laughs> thing to say, Alex. It is though oh, because we live tweet the show, and I always notice like, okay, what is the ship name for this thing? And like, Ko and Katie is Cody. Like K-O-T-Y, which is just like slightly too short and a little weird. And Guy and Katie, I guess, would be Guidey, which again, very short. Zandra and K-O is like, I don't even know what it is, X-K-O or something. There's something about it that was like, the the characters need longer names. Don't even get me started on Pepper and Dee Dee, which is like, not good. That's not a good one. Wow. <laughs> DP. Alex, I've never seen you so upset. Your I'm glasses very upset. are fogged. Your glasses are all fogged up. <laughs> There's that line. That red line went up my face while I was going on that rant, and then steam yeah. started pouring out of my ears. That's true. Oh, and for listeners That's at home, Alex thing. is a cartoon. Pete's, yes. Pete's an ancient silent film fan, <laughs> and Alex is a full-on cartoon. <laughs> and you're uh what is it again? Cool teen? Very cool tea. <laughs> that's why I have, I'm smoking two cigarettes. Oh, man, that's Ooh. real cool. Uh, so Katie fails at sewing. Guy has to do it himself. Don't smoke, She's, kids. Yeah, kids, don't smoke. Uh, <laughs> but uh, once again, this episode is sponsored by Marlboro Red. Marlboro Red, <laughs> when you want to smoke it all the way down to your butthole, you better get a Marlboro Red. <laughs> what? <laughs> the way down to your butthole. What does that mean? I didn't write the copy. That's an ad yeah, no, that they gave us to play. That's what they sent us. Do, do people smoke cigarettes out of their butt now? <laughs> I'm not, no, they don't, I don't think the ad is meant to say they're smoking out of their butt, but if you really pull hard on right. a good marble red, you're pulling all the way from your butthole. Right. Well, wow. it's marble red because the anus is usually red. That skin is a little puckered oh. around there. Regular marble don't smoke them out of your butthole. Just smoke them out of your regular mouth. Anyway, back to this fun team show that we just pivoted away from slightly. What just happened? (laughs) It's not for teens. Uh, It's for uh, for 20-somethings. Riverdale is for teens. This is for adults like us. We we would never cover Riverdale. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, So after that, uh, Gloria finds Katie crying in the bathroom. Um, And this is where I feel like Gloria is really doing the fairy godmother stuff. Um, yeah. She's like, hey, get your shit together. Reference it. Go be yourself, which I thought was nice. So Pepper and Gloria are sort of giving similar advice, which I thought was a nice uh, little thing. Um, so she, Katie decides to go rogue again, and she digs through the trash and finds the, the look that Guy rejected, and she's going to 
make it herself. And she does end up making it herself, which I, again, I like how this turned out. I love the fact that she makes the look. They bring it down to Gloria. Gloria checks out the looks. And when she gets to the one that Katie dug out of the trash, she's like, that's not good. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I like also, that. I also really liked how Guy called it. Like, he knows Gloria well enough to call that. But I, I also really liked how Gloria entered into uh, where Katie was crying, just being like, oh, God, what are you doing? Not here. Um and then she saw her hands and was like, oh, okay, maybe this is serious. But like, yeah, yeah that was, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but that line about where she's like, there's so many bathrooms in here. Go cry in another yeah. bathroom. I like that they're keeping that mean boss sense of Gloria, even though they're working in other aspects of the character. That's fun. Also, that was a fucking glorious bathroom. I mean. It's very nice. Holy shit. There was a couch in there with drapes and shit. And I was just like, what kind of, where's the bathroom? I wish I was quarantining in that bathroom right now, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I had to sleep right on that toilet. I mean, that's the thing. That's what happens when you're the person. I I forget the name of it. The person who's like in charge at a business. That's what you get those amenities. Is that like a line producer would get something like that or? Yeah, so like that. I mean, the highest job you could ever aspire to would be sure, it's called the yeah. line producer. Yeah. Uh, who's the boss of the set? The line producer. Hey, I mean, that's technically Angela true. is the I mean, boss. kind of. Yeah. Uh, great. We're spe- we're literally speaking nonsense right now. <laughs> Making who's the boss references, and Pete's talking about a joke that uh, we've said at one point, but doesn't make any sense to But anyone. unclear if whether it's on this podcast. Definitely not. Um, so uh, I agree with you, though, Alex. I love how Gloria spots Katie's dress, doesn't like it, um, and yeah. uh, they go back upstairs. For what, my favorite scene in the episode was the guy and Katie scene, where um, he's like, "You know what? Creepy no, you did scene. a good. What's that? It's a creepy scene. No, I mean it's a, a little bit, but not. It's like a, it's fairy tale ish. Like I, I didn't. Well, yeah, but at the same like time, it. it's a boss touching a coworker, uh, you know, it's, and dressing them. That's a little no, creepy. I know, but, but I, I think what they're going for is like they're going for a little bit more of the Beauty of the Beast type thing, where he's. Yeah. This misunderstood genius, angry about things, has people bussing around him and catering to his every whim. What he ultimately likes about Katie to begin with uh, from the first time they met is that she speaks her mind. And that's what plays out here. But ultimately, and I think this is what you're getting to, Justin, what I really liked about the story is in between all the fairy tale stuff, it actually kind of does play out like an apprenticeship that he's talking about, hey, you learned a little lesson. You learned how to do this overstitch the right way. You did everything else wrong, but that is the point of your apprenticeship, is to make these mistakes but ultimately learn things. And I thought that was great. But I think also Guy learned a little bit of a lesson. He It got him out of his creative funk, and he's able Mm -hmm. to use... Katie as the sort of inspiration and model, and he is draping fabric on her, and it's going to be the best dress of the season or whatever, probably. But so, she's stuck. She's stuck in a tower dress now, though. Mm-hmm. So, mm. well, I don't know what that means, but let's talk about. <laughs> she says. She no, no, says I mean, you got to be careful. I, but they, yeah. this is what also one of those things where it's just like my level of knowledge about fashion was like. 
it's kind of like watching somebody do an opera in a different language where I'm like, this is very pretty and I get this. Generally yeah. speaking, in terms of the plot, but there's certainly these plot points where they're talking about fashion things on Katie Kate, where I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But well, the I thing- think she's worried she's always going to be the model and never the designer. Well, on, on a very base level, though, is she going to be a model? Is that what they're indicating? Is that something that she's going to start pushing into, or was that just more of a metaphor? I think it's more of this internship is is becoming more. She's valuable to him, and it's going to be like a partnership when it comes to they're going to like sort of make each other better. Is what I took it as because I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to pivot and be like now you're a model too, and you're a mannequin, and you stand in the window yeah. that you design, and that's what your job is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, in the first then- episode, Jorge. Uh- Audition for Mannequin the Musical, so maybe it's going to be like a magical twist where she turns into the mannequin. Oh, oh man, yeah, a reverse mannequin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, a reverse mannequin. Yeah, more and like Kay mannequin like, two off. Kay the was run. like, I don't care if you're a bunch of plastic. I still love you, Katie. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go be married. I'm gonna be and a mannequin. He kisses too. her, and then he breaks. He breaks the spell, and she mm. comes alive again. Yeah. No, I think she, he kisses her, and he turns into another mannequin. Oh man! Oh, okay. that's like a reverse Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs> yes. Oh. Wow. wow, that's what we're talking about. So <laughs> l- listen up, Hollywood. We got a big idea for you. That's right. Get the lovely doing. Jorge title card. Well, no, no, no. The we, next one is Josie. After Josie. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, let's talk about the Josie one. I was surprised. This was a little bit of whiplash for me because we went for this very fairy tale tone, which I expected that's what they were going to do over the course of the three vignettes. And instead, Josie's section is all a documentary that Raj is doing about Josie, where he wants it to be like a, as they call out later, like a truth or dare or homecoming or something like that. And it's. I thought it was more like The Office with these side glances that they were doing. I yeah. loved the style they brought to this, and I love the fact that Raj is not a very good director. Like, yeah, there are shots that are just very poorly framed up and set up that he does throughout, and that's so purposeful in terms of like. I feel like it would be so easy for them to do like he Raj is a brilliant director who frames everything up beautifully, exactly how we would on this TV show. But instead, he frames and shoots things like a Tisch student. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Agree. It's fun. Um, I mean, he came out of art porn, so it's not like he he's yeah, used this to is framing true. up all these people standing up. Yeah. You just got to f- focus on the junk there. And that's pretty much it. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. And how is your um, film, your pornographic film school going, Alex? Uh, real well, actually. Over Zoom, people feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, and the nice thing is, you don't know what's going on down here because you only see people up there. Uh, oh, so you're the kind of director that doesn't ever show the genitals. It's all <laughs> in your head. I like to leave it to the. It's a Steven Spielberg type thing. Like you know how he never uh, showed the monster. He never showed Jaws until later on. You don't show the genitals until right at the end of the movie. For a porn director to refer to sex as the monster is a real indicator of what kind of work you're producing. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, check out my stuff on uh, Alex. Only fans. Only, only fans. Only fans. <laughs> yes, I gotta, uh, like everybody else, I've started up at OnlyFans. I hope you all enjoy it. 
<laughs> Gotta support my family. Gotta support the family. Yeah. All right, let's jump into Wait, Josie. Pete, Pete's- did you start up an OnlyFans? Uh, what's your uh, What's your username on that? I don't know what. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, Josie. Oh, you have a, si- you have a uh, silent film OnlyFans, right, Pete? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't a lot know. of fonts fucking each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> webdings, <graphic>. webdings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yep, we'll explain uh, when we okay. get older. Yeah, you got to d- get into the culture, Pete. Uh, you should get on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know what, Pete? I'll set you up an old fans, and then I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> wow, Pete made ten thousand dollars yesterday on his only. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Um. So yeah, Josie's this documentary, um, and she's sort of been in this perpetual place of like nervously working with the Cabots in a relationship with Alex Cabot, but not fully convinced um, that it's the right thing to do. Um, so uh, there, we learned last episode we're going to have the new Pussycats. Mr. Cabot uh, cast models as the Pussycats, not going to fly. And of no, course, Josie no. brings in her own Pussycats. Yeah, no, because... I was wondering if we were going to get any cast members from Riverdale who we know were in the mm-hmm. Pussycats, uh, the original Pussycats, but she just basically was like, that was a real headache, and she's moving on and completely recasting it, which when they started the docu-series kind of thing, I was hoping she was going to go into like, hey, you know, they really helped, but I'm going to move on without them or whatever, but they didn't really address it at all. And then it was Creepy Cabot who's like, yeah, we'll use models instead of singers. And I'm going, oh, fuck. But uh, I'm glad that Josie was, like, not having She was like, can I talk to you a little bit and kind of then talk to the the son? Alex. She's very nasty to him. And I know I've said this on previous podcasts, but I feel like he just gets beat up No, he's a complete tool. He needs to be talked like that. Eh, I I don't know. Because... No, her dad's like doing. His dad is doing creepy shit, and he's like, he knows what he's talking about. Sure, whatever. But this is a different time, asshole. You can't just. Sure, do that. I mean, listen. Like, there's we've talked about this a lot of the podcast, but I think there's a difference between Josie's artistic integrity and what would happen in the real world. And of course, we're watching a fairy tale TV show, so those aren't necessarily going to meet, but. I think the way that they write Alex's storyline is it is relatively real world. And of course, Mr. Cabot would actually know how to make Josie a star. And Josie being like, I'm going to get my own pussycats. I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to become a star my way is like way less of a direct way of becoming a star than just going with it as is and then forging her own path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a very it's a much more TV film way of doing it, which is totally fine because we're watching a TV show. Um, yeah, it's very fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh sorry. Pete thinks this is a real documentary. This section. <laughs> yeah, I thought this is a real documentary that Raj directed. I yeah. know you uh, you starred in the Rodfather Part Two. Is that right, Pete? <laughs> I was an extra. Rodfather was an extra. Yeah. Yeah, you are an extra. Triple make extra. you a genital, you can't refuse. Right? That was your line. Oh, my God. Uh, so 
We get auditions. Wait, wait. Hold to, on. Can I try that again? I'll make you an OnlyFans you can't refuse. Is that better? <laughs> it's good. And I'll tell you what. That's a great remake of that movie for, for yeah. this generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do uh, it. Wait. I do want to get back and talk about the Pussycats, though. So uh, Valerie and Melody both have other things that they are doing in real life. So they're certainly busy. I also think, like... Uh, it, it makes sense to get new people. It's a bummer because it would be so exciting to see them back. And I do hope. I was excited. Well, I hope the show does bring them back at some point. I think it would be great to have a battle of the new pussycats versus the old pussycats. I feel like that's a really good plot line for them to hit. Um, And I'd be like, what's new pussycats? Ooh, that's good. Oh, Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool but, dad joke, bro. Yes, but as it's is, cool I'm sure it dad. came down to a schedule thing. I'm sure it came down to a making its own path thing, and also like rather than just bringing in more Riverdale cast members, this way you get uh, Cricket and uh, Trula Trila Twist. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, who are also uh, just, Archie Comics characters, and you get to tell entirely new stories with them. Like, you don't have Valerie and Melody's story from back in Riverdale days. You get to tell whatever is going on with these new characters that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked that it was new uh, new characters. They have auditions. I thought these auditions were fine. I wanted them to be either more crazy bad or yeah. like or somehow different. Um, uh, I did I, like the soon ginger. As she ran out though. I knew I knew we were going to see her again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic bathroom singing. Hear her. Oh, she yeah. actually has a great voice. Go ahead and check her out. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fine. I, I agree with you. I wish it was a little wilder or crazier, but yeah. it, it was what it was. It was. It was fun though when she was like, actually, there was per- one person we already saw. And I was like, oh, my God, get, you're talking about the whisper lady? Yeah, he was the whisper lady. <laughs> and the whisper then lady. Uh, I they, also uh, did the drummer, which was great. I really liked the drummer. I also loved the uh, ginger coming in and being like, no, I don't really yeah. want to audition. I just want to dance on this stage and sing. That was, yeah, that I was want a the screen time. Moment. Yeah, they were just having fun. a good time. Um, agreed. Um, so the new Pussycats rehearse together. They're rocking. Uh, Mr. Cabot puts, tries to put a stop to it, and Alex backs Josie over his dad. Huge confrontations right there. Um, sort of, this was and a very... Luckily, they got it on film. Well, that's what... What are the odds that the, the cameraman was yeah. rolling when Alex Cabot walked in to have his... Um, great moment with Josie where he's like, I love you. And she like took a minute to think about it. And was like, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. They said they loved each other on camera. That, it's crazy. It's, it's almost like the office. Like you said, Pete, and it, I was watching mm-hmm, the office. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how long, how much time those documentarians got to film that paper company? <laughs> <laughs> Just that was kind of amazing. What years. did they have? A Netflix budget or something like that? And, like, what was the point of the documentary? Was it about paper? No, I yep. think it was about love. You know? Oh, interesting. No, it was about, yeah, it was about uh, Pam was a plant, and they wanted to see, like, yeah. if they planted somebody, you know, if they could get a love story out of it. Mm. That does remind me, I don't think I ever watched the finale of The Office. Didn't they actually bring in the documentary crew? Didn't like a cameraman fall in love with Pam or something like that? 
I have no idea. But I think All that's right. a whatever. What a great thing to do would be to release Paper Hearts, the documentary about the uh, Scranton Paper <laughs> Company, or some kind of like bit yeah. like that. That would be great. That would be some great bonus content for Peacock, the upcoming NBC streaming service. That's right. And once again, this podcast is sponsored by Peacock. <laughs> if you're going to take Peacock, you better pull it all the way down to your butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 Pete. It's because the red color in a uh, Peacock's feather is like uh, the puckered anus of a human uh, person. <laughs> <laughs> Just check out the NBC logo. You can yeah, see I don't it. know what's happening. People think it's a peacock. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is good content. It's good content, and it's great that we got so many sponsors for this episode. Yeah, I know. Uh, Big really sponsors. support the podcast. I, I disagree with both of those. <laughs> <laughs> um. Great. So now Alex and Josie are together. It feels like they're fully committed. Um, and uh, that's nice. Yeah. And also, Josie is unsigned at this point because Mr. Cabot drops her. So she's going to make her own way with the Pussycats, which I think is great. Like, I would rather watch. Yeah, I'd rather see this. Yeah. I'd rather see Josie tries to work her way up in the music scene rather than she has this magical fairy tale where suddenly she has a record contract and she's on her way. Um, yeah. yeah. That to be. It feels like a more fun choice, so I'm excited to see that. Um, so let's jump into the third story, Jorge, uh, which is a pretty simple story. Yeah. Um, Jorge's with Bernie, and he wants more. And he's uh, sort of hanging out with Buzz, his ex on the side, gives him a drag makeover, um, which mm. was – that was a nice – I like this scene. Um, yeah. And then the, the scene well, with this is also – just to interrupt for a second, this is a big thing for Buzz, because when we first met Buzz, Buzz wasn't out, didn't mm, want to yeah. come out, didn't want to be seen with Jorge in public, only knew drag ra- uh, drag as drag race, and that was it. It was seen as like a very basic gay dude. And for him to make this evolution to not only being like, I want to be seen outside with you, Jorge... Uh, with other gay men, uh, obviously things turned out in a very interesting way by the end of the episode, but also being comfortable enough to dress in drag and come up with a drag name. I thought that was very sweet. Like I was yeah. very iffy about the buzz relationship and them going back yeah. to that, but it was very earnest and nice. In, yeah, in fairy tale, I was worried about it. Yeah. It, it was nice. I just worried about it. Anytime it was like, yeah, we're just friends. And like, yeah, this is great that we're just friends. But it was clear that they weren't. I was worried because I'm pulling for the firefighter, man. I think that they're great together. So I don't, this buzz thing is, is a little upsetting. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a Bernie, a Bernie fan and you're, yeah, you're a Bernie yeah. bro. Stop uh, putting weird labels on me. <laughs> I mean, well, you put the label on yourself, bro. All right. Uh, but. Pepper also gives some advice and is basically like, Jorge, listen, here's what you got to do. Why don't you just, you know, hook up with both of them? It's all good. I do that all the time. DD and Raj are both aware that I date them. It's no big deal. All you got to do is make it but clear. She's, but she's also like not really listening 
to what's going on. She's so worried about like Twitter and what's going on with her that she's like, Mm -hmm. I was worried about her advice because she was just half assing it, you know? It's like when you're trying to talk yeah. to somebody and they barely look up at their phone from you and you're like, hey, like, don't we have a podcast that we got to do pretty soon? And they don't sorry, fucking what? give a shit because they want to tweet. Wait, what? What are you talking uh, about? Uh, I'm sorry. I was just looking at Twitter for a second and I missed it. There's a very okay. funny meme that's going around of a dog jumping. I, I'm sorry. I'm not actually looking at Twitter. And so uh, I'm so sorry. I was just shaving my legs on Pete's OnlyFans account. That's what people like Boy Uh, I'm hoping people Just want to see me Eat uh, cheesesteaks And garbage plates And that would pay for that I mean Possibly I'm sure that's Some sort of fetish To be honest Uh, I agree Pepper's advice Is not helpful To If he's She's like You want to fix Your relationship with Bernie Welcome another person Into it like I feel like that's yeah. that's sort of if you can't keep one relationship going, just throw another one on there. Yeah, the delivery. There was a bunch of great delivery of this uh, deliveries of the seed uh, when Pepper says you could just be a thruple and Johnny Beauchamp's a wopple. Yeah. There was yeah very funny and there's also I think it was the seed he walks in uh, with a teapot and is like. English English breakfast bitch or something like that, which also was just a very funny delivery. Like in general, it seemed like in this episode, the cast was having a lot of fun. They were having a good time. It was a little more loose uh, this Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like because the stories were separated, they didn't have to do as much transitional work. It was just like, tell your story Mm -hmm. so they could have these looser scenes and uh, alternate takes and stuff like that, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, but to, to sort of sew it up um, with a whip stitch, um, Jorge is t- takes Pepper's advice, um, is hanging out with Bernie and Buzz, and they, uh, Bernie and Buzz hit it off, and they go for it. Go back to uh, the apartment, and Jorge wakes up, hook up, Jorge wakes up the next morning and is like, ay. <laughs> Ooh, time to start a podcast. Uh-oh. Yeah. Podcast. I- was but, very surprised. I was very surprised that Jorge didn't suggest the threesome because that seemed like a very typical way of doing that plot line, but that it organically happened and almost seemed like Bernie wanted it to happen was yeah, an was, interesting twist. I, I like that happening. I liked it too. I thought it was a good, it was well played because I, I didn't want it to be so simple where it was like Jorge suggests it and it, everyone's mad. Like I liked that it happened and yeah. we just, we get to see Jorge sort of like maybe regret it or maybe just be concerned about it and not – they don't telegraph it so hard. Sort of a be careful what you wish for situation as Katie says. Well, and Yeah, uh, she was, does the voiceover there. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's the last bit, Pepper we yeah. should talk about. A little bit of Pepper on top. Um, we got so, more information about Pepper here too with this uh, nemesis sit down. Yeah, mm-hmm. quick uh, quick recap of that. Um, Pepper, the whole episode, is like, my social media is crazy right now because this woman, Hannah Melvy, is lighting me up, revealing all of my lies. She doesn't say that, but that's clearly what's happening. Yeah. And so we're, uh, sort of in the last uh, quarter of the episode, she meets this um, person. She orders a triple vodka, very rarely. As a former bartender, I can say, rarely is someone order a triple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just get a martini. Uh, 
or is it triple vodka? Um, and meets with someone um, who is the Hannah Melvie's an alias, and we find out this is uh, Pepper's wife, who she yeah, abandoned yeah. in the middle of a scam. Yeah, she had to serve jail time for her, and Pepper well, wasn't even hearing it. She just kept trying to uh, sweet talk her and be like, "Oh, it was for your own good or whatever." And yeah, that was that was really insane. Uh, well, kind of and, reveal, and she also drops, "I know your real age," which means that yeah. Pepper is much older than everybody else, or something like that. Forty-five. You know, she's forty-five. Maybe no, they they won't go that old. I feel like they're going to be so. like. Can you believe it? Pepper's 30. Right. Exactly. The most oh. disgusting age anyone could ever be. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Basically dead. She's a withered old hag. Oh, I can't even it. imagine that. I'm a young teen who likes cigarettes. <laughs> uh, so good episode of the show. Let's talk yeah, about some fun. New York stuff as we always talk about. I think probably the most appropriate thing is like most raunchy hookup that you've gotten into in New York. <laughs> what? Pete, uh, how did you start? This is your OnlyFans account. Pete, just go for it. Just most raunchiest hookup that you've ever raunchy. Don't, what are you raunchy? Yeah, like, what are you talking like, about? Most like you want to go first just since your you most have a fucked up, just like hottest. Just tell me your hottest hookup, Pete. <laughs> Well, it's going on. I don't Fine. Know. If you don't want you to do go, that, come up with first. some other New York experience. I can't really think right. of anything. All right. Okay. Yeah, most public. Most public sex. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, g- g- all right. That seems to be a little too much for Pete. How about like Pete? Look at time you got a boater. <laughs> And then, like, really went to town on a lady. Just, like, just oh, talk man. about that. Like, Pete, just what's going on? on? I'm in the people now. This is too... <laughs> too much? Yeah. It's too juvenilely graphic. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, you can't see it anyway. You can only see what's up here, not what's uh, down there. Why don't we oh go God. with um, a, a romantic, uh, like, a romantic New York moment? Oh, Something- okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. I mean, I can talk about this is not actually a romantic moment necessarily, but just in terms of romance in New York, there was a point when I had a date, like a date that I would do where I would always be like, oh, here's a spontaneous thing that I'm doing with somebody usually on a first date that would kind of show them around by New York. And I'd pretend I was kind of like coming up with it on the spur of the moment. What a scumbag. Yeah, like a fucking scumbag. scumbag. Uh, But I take the, there's this old place called Risotteria on uh, Mm. Bleak, uh, was it Bleaker Street? Yeah, Yeah, on Bleaker. That only served risotto. So I'd be like, hey, maybe we could go there. And that place was actually pretty good. So we'd go there and then I would walk them over to Chumley's, which I don't know if Chumley's... Wait, would you have a reservation planned, or could you just walk in? What was the... I'd usually make a reservation if I had set the date in okay. advance. Uh, and then and the bartender there, would be you... like, hey, Alex. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know you very well. Uh, then you'd walk over to Commerce Street, which is still one of my favorite streets in New York. It's like this nook street that you go off bleaker, you walk across... Uh, Van Damme, I think. And then you make a left, mm-hmm. and it's just suddenly quiet and a beautiful street, and there's, like, 
rich people townhouses, uh, and it's just very quaint and sweet. Uh, and if you go into a courtyard there, there was a actual speakeasy called Chumley's, like back from the 1920s that was still operating. So I'd usually take them in there, go get a drink, and then walk from there to there's a courtyard that was this gorgeous courtyard with like a fountain and flowers and everything that I'd be and like, that's where are... you'd propose <laughs> every time. <laughs> wow. Every time. But that was my date. That's and good. I will say as like a little capper on this story, uh, my, my wife, I did not take on that date as our first date, but nice. I, but I told her about it and she was like, you got to take me on your date. So we went, for our third date on my first date. And I mock pretended like, Oh, we're spontaneously going to these places, but she that's fun. It. Yeah, it was cute. So you kind of like admitted to her what a douchebag you were. And <laughs> yeah. She loved me anyway. That's wow. what romance is Pete. Wow. wow. Uh, mine's mine's uh, real quick. Um, one night, my now wife and I we were walking across like seventh mm-hmm. Avenue and like 50th Street, um, sort of right in the thick of it, very busy area. We're cr- literally crossing the middle of this uh, street, and uh, uh, we were just like being fun or funny or something. And a random person on the street walking past us just turns and goes, Nice couple. Aww. And we were like, Oh my God, that's so nice to have a wow. stranger say that yeah. in passing. Wow. Wasn't and that, that man was Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, that's wow. right. That's right. And um, I was like, hey, get your teeth fixed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what about your romantic New York moment? Um, so I went, um, I would say it was like hmm, down by the village area. And um, I would have a friend of mine. Uh, pretend to harass whoever I was with, and then I would punch them out. Um, and uh, so they would be really impressed with, uh, you know, how I would beat up a stranger for them. Is this uh, true? And then I would <laughs> no. later meet up with them and give them $50 and buy them drinks. No, this is a lie, true. right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's Hard to keep that up. The, the truth is, if you want to know Pete's romantic moments, you have to go to his OnlyFans account. Yeah, that's the way. He reveals <laughs> all. Speaking of revealing all, if you would like us to reveal all, you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we are live to the internet show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. on both Crowdcast and YouTube. So definitely come and hang out. Those have been a lot of fun to do. For this podcast, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. iTunes, please leave us a comment. We appreciate those quite a bit. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And remember, whether you're wishing or you're hoping or you're dreaming, <laughs> just dream. Don't wish and hope. Just dream. That's all you can do. I'm dreaming. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm wishing. And I'm Good night. Hoping. And as always, this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> iTunes. If you're going to download this podcast, download it all the way down to your butthole. <laughs> <laughs>